Hello, and welcome to the Daily Action Podcast, where we scour the sports universe and make picks on the most interesting events of the day. It is Saturday, the 24th of October. This is episode 44. And Alex, we are joined by Zach Hernandez from 49ers Hive. Zach, thank you for making the time, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Excited to talk this big matchup against 49ers and Pats. Uh, Got a lot to break down. Very cool. We're excited. I want to jump into it in a minute, but first, can you, what can you tell us? Tell us about 49ers Hive. I mean, you guys have the some of the coolest swag I've seen in, in, the, in the independent publisher universe, uh, but tell us about the site. How'd you get started? What do you do? Yeah, I, I appreciate Thank you for the compliment. Um, but so pretty much it all came to fruition because I was talking my fiance's ear off about the 49ers, and I would just say, this is happening. This is happening. Oh my God, they hired Chip Kelly. What are they thinking? And then she kind of came to me and was just like, look, I, I love what you're talking about, but I can't participate. I can't contribute anything to the conversation. There's not much I can add here. You should go out and try to find guys who are 49ers fans, who love football, who can talk and just as passionate as you are. So I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll try that. So I started up just a Twitter account, uh, I think about two, two, three years ago now at this point. And uh, it slowly but surely took off. And, you know, we're a little under seven, 8,000 followers right now, but uh I was able to bring on a team, and I have a team of eight guys right now, uh, writers, YouTube video guys, podcast guys, and it's just, it's really, really cool to just see that growth, and I've got guys in Germany, in the UK, uh, in the East Coast, here in California. It's just awesome, man. There's 49ers fans everywhere, and they're they're bright, intelligent guys who are just as passionate as I am, so I'm really happy with it, and I'm very happy to be a part of what you have going on here, Dan, so thank you again for having me on. That's awesome, man, and that's that's so cool that you were able to take your passion and then kind of bring it into 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 the real world via the 49ers Hive, I guess media properties, not just uh, not just the site. So very cool, good on you. Um, so I grew up. I was born in San Francisco. Uh, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I was born in San Francisco. Grew up in Seattle, but I grew up in Seattle uh, during the what I would call the Sonics era, not so much the Seahawks era. And so I had that poster of Jerry Rice on my on my wall while I was watching Sean Kemp and Company. Uh, so I, I was a I was a 49ers fan. That was my first. They were my first football team. Uh, but I made my way east as uh, as a, a young man. I moved. My family moved across the the coasts, and I ended up following the Patriots. So here we are. And then I, I had the opportunity in my last company. We had the ability, the opportunity to build the uh, the app for TV12. And so we got to work with, with Tom and company and I, uh, I just learned a lot. So, um, this is, this is an interesting one for me. This is, you know, this is a, this is a matchup. you got the Garoppolo thing going on. You got, you got a lot of moving pieces here. There's a, there's a couple of storylines. Um, but I would love from your perspective, the 49ers voice, uh, what are you excited about? Okay. So yeah, that's, I think you, you brought it up perfectly because Garoppolo has got to be the main story going into Sunday. Uh, not just his return to Foxborough, but the fact that the 49ers at this point, they have to be thinking to themselves, is he really the guy? I mean, last season you saw Kyle make, I don't want to say excuses for him, but he covered him, his, his behind, to put it nicely, multiple times in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. But I think this year... Me, I've always been a pretty strong Garoppolo defender. I've always tried to act context where I felt like it was missing when people were trying to uh, come for him and kind of put slander on him. But this was the first year where I finally said to myself, 
oh, okay, he, he might actually not be the guy. Um, so I think he has a lot to prove going into Sunday. And it's, it's going to be tough for him because all of the emotions, all of the extra added intensity, he's going up against Bill Belichick, which is one of the brightest, you know, he, he's arguably the best head coach of all time. Although me being a little biased, I would push Bill Walsh to be up there. However, it's, it's a lot to go against on top of he's playing essentially for his job moving forward. So Jimmy Garoppolo has got to be the number one highlighted point going into Sunday for the 49ers because if he has a bad game, they might start to think, okay, is it even worth trying to compete the rest of the year? Or should we just start saying, you know, okay, if we happen to lose, at least we'll end up with a guy like Trey Lance or any of these other, you know, top quarterbacks in the draft. So I'm looking forward to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he can do it, um, but it's also about Kyle Shanahan putting him in position to do it because, you know, if he doesn't call the right plays, Jimmy has kind of shown that he's not able to extend them and and get the plays going on his own. Um, I think I saw a stat uh, where it was like, you know, when he gets the ball out in under two seconds, he has like 150 quarterback rating. And then when it's over two and a half seconds, it drops down to like 50 something. So it's just a tale of two Jimmies. You know, if he has to do it on his own, it's not going to be pretty, but if you script it for him, the guy can get it done. Yeah. I think it, my, my take on the game tomorrow, I think you're right. Like that is the storyline. We have to keep an eye on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's got to feel pretty good about the fact that the Patriots defense does not have all of the weapons that they were supposed to have coming into this year. Uh, we're seeing that with their record. You know, there's there's the, the new factor of clearly Cam Newton and not Tom Brady. Um, the offense is putting up 22 points a game. Uh, they're giving up 22 points a game. Uh, they're giving up a, a lot of yards. They're giving up almost 400 yards. Uh, but as you know, as are as are the 49ers. Um, my question for you, just as it relates to this 49ers team, let's look at that schedule. So you've got the the New York Jets, which you know, all right. You've got the the New York Giants, all right. So we went from like JV to maybe varsity. Um, and then you've got the the Los Angeles Rams, and I think last week was was a very big surprise for a lot of people. Um, and then you've got a loss to an Eagles team that's that's pretty pretty terrible, <laughs> and and then a Miami team um, that I don't think is is so good that they should have put up forty three points. So uh, it, so when you look at this schedule, I don't know what to think about the 49ers as a team, like if. I mean, if they're if they compete, if they win this game and they go on, you know, to to beat some of the more difficult teams, which I think their schedule gets a little bit a little bit more real over the coming weeks, because um, you've got what Seattle, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, and then the Rams again. Is that right? Uh, yes. Yes. Seattle, Green Bay, Saints. Yeah, Rams. Yeah, and then Buffalo, and then you're you know you're back to Washington, Dallas, and you've got a tough tough game with Arizona. So. Is this is this really the moment? Is this the moment where if the Niners come out here tomorrow and beat a Patriots team at Foxborough, they may be a competitor again? Or is it is it kind of a lost cause, do you think, for the season? And maybe they're a playoff team, but they're not going anywhere. You know, I, I think it is. And I think actually if if they win Sunday against the Patriots and they happen to make the playoffs when it's all said and done, regardless of what happens there, the goal is always to get into the dance. Um, but I think if they they do are they they are able to salvage their season, I think people will look back to that Rams Sunday night game and say that's where it happened. That's where they came together as a team. That's where they got their 
you know, stuff together essentially. And they were able to salvage it because it's, I think last week was a really good starting point. And, and I think that's the first time we've seen all year where they, they played up to their potential. Guys played well. Jason Verrett played well. Jimmy played well. George Kittle played well. And up until then, it was kind of like one piece played well, but everybody else didn't. And and the losses are ugly losses, man. They're they're really ugly on this on this team. Uh, my only defense for those would be the Eagles game. Nick Mullins, you could argue, single handedly lost them that game. And then the Dolphins, it's just like, ah, uh, man. Once Jimmy wasn't healthy, they shouldn't have put him out there, but. Back to your original question, yes, if they win Sunday against the Patriots, they are able to at least build some momentum going into these tougher games, which I will add, after last week, do not look as tough. The Saints look beatable. The uh, mm-hmm. Packers look beatable. Even mm-hmm. the Bills look beatable. So if they're able to get some momentum going, it will really help them. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're I think we're we're lucky to have you on this week because I think if you know if if we were going into next week and they just taken a beating by the the Patriots or something like that, then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be much of a conversation. We'd probably be talking player props uh, and not necessarily game outcomes. So I think this is a turning point. Um, you guys have been in a rough spot from an injury perspective this year. Um, right now, the depth chart shows that you've got some issues on the defensive side, but looks like the offense. It's pretty healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that that defense, man, it's been it's been horrible. What's happened to them? Because almost immediately, D Ford went out. He hasn't played since week one. Nick Bosa tears ACL in week two, along with Solomon Thomas. Richard Sherman's been out longer than expected. Um, but yeah, as far as the offense, I mean, the Dolphins game that week was the first time they had all eleven starters out on the field at the same time. And then obviously, whatever happened with Jimmy happened, but. Um, I think the offense really needs to step up because they're not going to be able to lean on their defense as much as they did last season. And last week, for the most part, we saw that. I think the the biggest injury moving forward is now Raheem Mostert. Can they overcome that injury? Because he is, you know, the soul of that offense. He gets everything clicking. The offensive line looks better when he's back there. Jimmy looks better when he's back there. So now a guy like Michael Hasty is going to have to step forward and and try and fill those big shoes that Raheem Mostert leaves now uh, with that ankle injury. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we will we will see. So why don't we why don't we start? So Saturday is our you know we used to make NFL Sunday picks on Thursdays, but as there have been so many wild cards thrown at us this year uh, as it relates to the schedule, we've pushed that off to Saturdays. So we're about 10 minutes into the pod. We're going to do some rapid fire. We're just going to pick against the spreads for the rest of it. Uh, I think the right game to, to start with is, even though it's a 425 game, let's start with this with this SF New England game. Um, live line, I know it opened at 2.5. The Patriots given 2.5. Uh, is that where we currently are? Alan? The actually right now at uh, New England minus 3. Wow. New England minus three. I like that two and a half a lot more. Um, all right. So why don't we start there? And then if you have any player props or if you have a feeling on the over or under or anything like that, Zach, just as it relates to who you think, you know, is a Kittle, is Kittle a lock to get into the end zone? What's going to happen tomorrow? Um, give us some insider info and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll make the picks to follow. Okay. Um, yeah. So for the 49ers, uh, they've been – on and off, like you said, but as far as this game, I do like them uh, covering. I think that they'll be go ahead and be able to do that, and and I think so because the Patriots' defense has not been 
fantastic. We saw, and don't get me wrong, the 49ers don't have a guy like DK Metcalf, but we saw Stephon Gilmore going up against Seahawks look human. I mean, the guy was able to, to catch a lot of balls against Gilmore. Um, and I think a lot of people would go into this week saying George Kittle is the guy. But we've seen time and time again, if Bill Belichick praises you the weekend before, he's likely going to take you out of that game. Um, so I would say a, a, a number that I'm comfortable with for Michael Hasty would be like 75 yards. I think he can he can get that easily. Um, and, and he might even be able to get a touchdown on the ground as well. I, I would be comfortable with saying to Michael Hasty over under 75 yards. So you've got the 49ers in this one, and then you've got Jermichael over 75 yards. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, Alex, you want to, you want to, you want to kick it off? We'll, we'll make this pick and then we'll just go through the rest of the schedule. Yeah. So I'm really excited for this game tomorrow. I mean, I know it opened up as the lowest over under on the slate, but the line moved up from 43 to 45. And I think it's the second lowest number uh, for the week seven games. And I'm, I, I'm going to look at it in a few different ways here. So the Patriots have covered four of the last five head-to-head meetings versus the 49ers. The Patriots are below 500 after five games for the first time since 2002 and have lost three of their last four games after beating the Dolphins in week one. 49ers are 2-0 and on the road this season and have covered the spread in both of those games. And I really like that trend. And I think that trend will continue into tomorrow's game. And I am going to take the 49ers plus three. And I am going to sprinkle a little bit on the money line there. And like Zach said, he actually took the words out of my mouth on what I was going to say. You know, Belichick loves taking away the number one option. And Kittle is that number one guy in San Francisco. So I think they are going to be able to limit him a little bit. But Kittle's just phenomenal. Best tight end in the league, in my opinion. And I think he will get open in the passing game. And I think he's really going to help him out, you know, with the run blocking. And the 49ers should be able to get a little bit going there. And the Patriots' run defense is average at best. So I think they're a little bit vulnerable on that side. So I do like the 49ers to come in to Foxborough and win this game tomorrow. Yeah, good breakdown. I um, so I you know I'm a Patriots fan. I, you know it's 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 been a little bit less so this year, but I um, or I haven't followed them as closely this year. But what I can say is last week I picked against the 49ers, and uh, I was very very bullish on the Patriots. If you recall, I think I said uh, even at 13 and a half I would take the Pats last week, and they lost. Um, so I, I, I did, I liked the line at two and a half. I don't like it at three. I'm taking San Francisco and I bet it pushes. Cool. Um, should we move on to the next game or anyone else have anything on the, uh, on that game? That's it. Let's make some, uh, we've got a lot of games. Let's rip through it. Let's move on here. So the battle of Ohio first game, the Cleveland Brown, the Cleveland Browns traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. The Browns are minus three. Uh, I can start in this one. So the live line, it's it's up to three and a half. So why don't we call it a three and a half? Um, so the the Browns have an opportunity here um, to just come in and, and put a lot of points on the board and and win one. Um, Joe Burrow, you know, off and on. I think he's still trying to get a feel. I think he looked a little bit better last week than he did the week prior. Um, but I still don't think that he. I don't think he has it together. I don't think that offense has it together, and I don't think uh, I don't think their defense can contain some of the weapons if they show up uh, on the Cleveland Browns side. So it's always you know you never feel comfortable making a pick on the Cleveland Browns, uh, but I will take the Browns minus three and a half. Zach, um, yeah, that that's a tough one uh, because the Browns have been kind of all over the place. 
Um, and I, I agree with Dan. I really like Joe Burrow. I think that if he's able to get things going, he he has a chance here. They've looked good. They've lost some kind of uh, close games. They also have lost some not close games. So it's tough. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Browns as well. I think uh, they're able to get it done. I think Baker does all right, and they go ahead and three and a half, three points. That that's a good. I think they go ahead and win outright. Cool. I'm actually on the other side of this game than you two this week. So obviously the Bengals have been a cover machine in their head-to-head matchups against the Browns over the last 10 games. They're 8-2 against the spread. So I'm going to follow that trend this week. And I think the biggest storyline here is Baker Mayfield and his ribs. Obviously last week he played through it in Pittsburgh, but he did not look himself. And I said on last week's pod, you know, if he gets hit, could be a long day for him. He eventually got benched in the second half. So I think that could be a lingering story that could come into play. Also, the Browns are without, obviously, Nick Chubb. They're without Austin Hooper. And they're without the league's highest-rated guard in Wyatt Teller. So Cleveland's been struggling, you know, to play to his offensive strengths. They want to run the ball, and missing two of those guys will hurt him a little bit. And obviously, the Bengals' offense has been getting better each and every week. And when they played Cleveland last time, they ran 30 more plays in the Browns, but gained 80 fewer yards. Uh, And also, another key stat I like is Cincinnati runs the second-most plays per game in the NFL. And like I said, the, the Bengals offense is getting better. So I do like the Bengals plus three and a half tomorrow against the Browns. Let's move on to the next game here. We have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to Washington to play the football team. The Washington football team is minus one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is, is, you know, is, is this Dallas team, do they want to play? Uh, I, I watched them last week and I'm not sure not sure that they really want to play anymore. Um, Andy Dalton came in, you know, confident, said he had a game plan to, to just step into Dak's shoes. But like we said last week, he doesn't have the same skill set, and I don't think he has the trust of the players. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm a big Zeke guy, right? He's a Buckeye, and you know, that's my that's my alma mater. Big win today, by the way, if anybody's watching. Um, and, uh, and you know, as, as bad as this Washington football team is, this could be the end of it for the Cowboys. And so I think this Washington football team, Chase Young gets two, maybe three sacks, count that, on Andy Dalton. And, uh, and I think the Washington football team wins at home. Interesting. Um, that it's so tough with a backup quarterback, because you know, look, the, the the Cowboys have so many weapons there. They drafted C.D. Lamb, which is just outrageous to add to the wide receiver trio they already had there. Um, Zeke has been, I don't know, not himself, but he's still Zeke. He's still able to do it. Um, but I gotta, I gotta go with Washington. I don't know. I, I just don't like Dallas in this game. Um, and, and you know, a one point spread. I think that they're able to cover. All right. Well, I'm on the other side of you guys again in this game. Uh, I am going to take Dallas money line. I will take them. You know, I'll take them plus one just to be a little safer there. Um, part of the reason I'm doing it is I took Dallas before the season to actually win the division, which you know is I don't really want to talk about it, but we're still in it. With what is it? Well, they have one win, still in it. Uh, but I think Ezekiel Elliott two, two wins. I think Ezekiel Elliott will have a big game tomorrow. I mean, the Washington defense allows. 130 yards per game on the ground. Obviously, all the weapons there with Cooper, Lamb, and Gallup. And I do have another – I actually have a player prop in this game. I do like Terry McLaurin, the receiver out of your Ohio State, uh, to go over 72.5 receiving yards. He is by far the top weapon in that Washington offense. Kyle Allen looks his way. He's a target machine. And Dallas defense is awful. They allow 11.8 yards per completion, which ranks 30th in the NFL. 
So I think McLaurin's going to have a massive day tomorrow. So I like him over 72 and a half receiving yards, but I do like Dallas to win the game. Nice. Nice prop. Next game we have here, uh, the Detroit Lions traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons. The Falcons are minus two and a half. Um, all right. So a couple of teams that I, I thought this Atlanta team would be a lot better this year uh, going into the season, right? And they've had some heartbreaks. And so it's, it's hard to say that that record is, is really, um, really, really kind of like shows who they are. This Detroit team is super unpredictable. They actually put up a lot of points, like pretty consistently. Um, but the problem is they give up a lot of points. So my lock of the week, um, just to, to jump ahead of the pick itself, is actually the over in this game. I think it's going to be a shootout. Uh, I, I think it'll actually be a, kind of a fun game to watch, especially if you don't have a, a, a horse in this race based on, you know, on, on, the, on the winning front. Um, that being said, I, I do think that Atlanta – carries over the the W that they had uh, last week against a pretty good Vikings team. And I think they will win this. And if they do win this, I think they could win a couple more games going forward. Because if you look at some of those heartbreak losses, they probably shouldn't have happened, starting with that Dallas game at the beginning of the season that I think really broke their confidence. So if they can get a little bit of that back, uh, they could win. They could win a couple of these games going forward. I'm with Atlanta and I'm locking the over. Nice. Um, I'm on the other side. I think Detroit can win this one. I think they can cover as well. Um, you know, they, they've been really hot and cold. They did the Niners a solid, and they beat Arizona a couple weeks back. Uh, I, I think just the fact that they have Matt Stafford playing at arguably as well as he's played, um, the guy's got a rocket for an arm. They now have uh, Swift in the backfield, who's been playing really well as well. He played good last week. I, I like them. I really like them, and I think that Swift uh, – I would put him – at 80 yards, I like that. I think he can get that. Um, I, I like I like the Lions here. Nice. Yeah, this is this is a really tough game for me here. I mean, Detroit obviously got their cupcake win they needed against Jacksonville last week. Like you said, Zach, AP, and Swift both had good games. They combined for 156 yards and three touchdowns, and I think that's going to be the game plan going into this game tomorrow against Atlanta. Their rush defense isn't great, and they do have one of the worst defenses in the NFL, so I think they are going to run the ball a lot early and often, which will set up Stafford for those play action passes, those home run balls to Kenny Galladay, you know, Marvin Jones, and then even their tight end who's emerging TJ Hawkinson. But, you know, I've been on Atlanta all year, all year, and I'm going to take him again. I don't know why I like this team so much. I'm a big fan of Julio Jones. I think Todd Gurley has looked good, which I'm pretty happy about. So I am going to take Atlanta minus two and a half and, you know, just, just pray for that one, I guess. Heartbreak, a heartbreak loss. Watch the lions lose by a field goal at the end. It's just going to be – it's going to be unbelievable. It's going to be like 65 points in this game. Could go to OT. Should be exciting there. Um, so the next game we have, uh, the Carolina Panthers traveling to New Orleans to play the Saints. The Saints are minus six and a half. Um, all right. So the, the Saints are minus six and a half. Um, this Panthers team is really hard for me to, to get a handle on. Um, you know, I don't watch them regularly. I typically only watch them when I have action. And so I'm, I'm really just going off of, of research and, uh, and highlights. And all I can see is that they've, you know, they, they beat the, they beat the Cardinals pretty convincingly and then they beat Atlanta, but again, that doesn't say anything. Uh, and then they lost to a Chicago team that I can't quite figure out. Um, I really can't figure out the bears. I have no idea why, why they win. Um, new Orleans, this is a game. They need to win. This is absolutely a game they need to win. They need to go to four and two. 
the the rest of their schedule is their their schedule is always going to be difficult, right? But the rest of their schedule is pretty tough. And if they do not win this game, I think they're in a really bad spot at 500. And so based solely on that and the experience of Drew Brees, I think they cover that line, and then I think they win by at least seven points. That's a good that's a good breakdown. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough because the Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater has looked good, but the team overall has not looked great. And, and I mean, you could arguably say the same thing for the Saints. But however, Drew Brees has not really looked great. He doesn't look like himself. It looks like Father Time is winning that battle. Um, I, I would go. I'd even with all that said, I think I would agree with you, Dan. I still got to go with the Saints. Uh, time and time again, they've kind of showed if you put them up against the wall. Unless it's the Vikings, they're probably going to come out on top. Um, I like them, um, and I, I think they're able to go ahead and cover. I think what was the spread again? Six and a half. Six and a half. Ooh, actually, no, I don't. I don't think they'll cover. Okay. So you think you you got Saints money line, Panthers Panthers with the with the juice? Yep. Okay. It's a good pick. Yeah, so I I think the Saints will win this game, but I do not think they will cover. I I like Carolina plus six and a half. The line opened at seven and a half. I would would have felt much better if that was a line right now, but I will still take Carolina at plus six and a half. I mean, they've been competitive. Obviously, they've missed uh, Christian McCaffrey a little bit, but they're three and one without him, and they should be getting him back next week. Hopefully. You know, he's a fun player to watch. The NFL needs him back. And this Carolina offense has looked pretty good. And the Saints rush defense, you know, they've been a top five unit all year. So I think this is going to be a big game for Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. I think they'll be able to suffocate Mike Davis uh, a little bit. And also, too, I mean, the Saints are without Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. So Drew Brees needs to throw the ball to somebody. But I think the Panthers keep it close. And just to note really quickly, I do have a player prop in this one. I would like Robbie Anderson over 71 and a half receiving yards. Mm. I mean, he is the believe it or not, he he's second in the NFL in receiving yards this year. Bridgewater looks his way. So I, I really like him to get over 71 and a half tomorrow against the Saints. Nice. Next game here. Uh the Buffalo Bills traveling to New York to play the Jets. The Bills are minus 10. Does it seem like they're loading up these one o'clock? Uh yeah. Feels they like are, it. Right? Feels like it. Um I mean, Jets are terrible. Bills minus ten. Bills, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not breaking this game down. They're terrible. <laughs> I, I have to watch them because of where I live. Yeah, not much more needs to be said. Uh, the Bills are coming off of some tough performances the last couple of weeks. I think they just lay the absolute smackdown on the Jets, and uh, the Jets might not even come back out after halftime. I, yeah, Bills ten, no problem at all. Yeah, I'm not going to overcomplicate this one. Give me Buffalo minus 10. Whenever you see, you know, the Jets up there, go the other way. I mean, no reason to get, get uh, you know, fancy with that pick. So give me the Bills minus 10. Next game we have, let me just write this down really quick. Next game we have the Green Bay Packers traveling to Houston to play the Texans. The Packers are minus three and a half. Yeah, um, so I, I've got a – I think the – I think the Packers back bounce back in this game, right? I think they have to. They put up ten early points um, last week, and I was I was pretty excited about that. I'm a huge, uh, I enjoy watching. I don't know that I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, but I enjoy watching him play a lot, and I think he's been a ton of fun this year. I think he's got a chip on his shoulder, and I think maybe he got a little bit comfortable, and that's going to be back this week. This Texans team has upside, and we thought I think going into the season that they had a little bit more upside than they've than they've shown. Um, 
I don't know that they have it together. Obviously, with Bill O'Brien out, sure, the players are probably happier, but how much of a game plan do they have? And if they don't have a game plan and they don't have consistent coaching and they're not, you know, kind of trained up, can they beat a meticulous Aaron Rodgers who could pick apart a defense, you know, who has been picking apart defenses for years? Um, so as it relates to the the game itself, uh, I actually like the Packers and I like them to win by a good amount. So I'm taking them on the over three and a half. Uh, and then on top of that, I've got Rodgers over 286. Um, his line is over 286 and a half, and, and I'm taking that. That's my player prop this week. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, Houston's such a heartbreaking story because they have all the pieces there to get the job done. Time and time again, they just don't. Um, this is a different Green Bay Packers with a different Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, you know, there were rumors that he wasn't happy there. He wasn't mad that they drafted Jordan Love. I think all that's in the past. I think Aaron Rodgers is doing fantastic, arguably as good as he's ever been. I like the Packers here. I think they're going to, to cover um, easily. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I'm going to take Green Bay minus three and a half, and I'm not going to think about it twice. I mean, obviously, there's no polite way to put it, but the Packers were awful last week in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. for the first 10 points of the game. Then they let up, what, 38 straight, and Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions for the first time since 2017 which is a crazy stat. I know Aaron Jones is a little dinged up. I'm not sure his status going into tomorrow. We'll have to keep an eye on that one, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think Green Bay wins this game by 7 to 13 points tomorrow against Houston. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next one here, a division division matchup. The Seattle Seahawks traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals. The Seahawks are minus three, and this is Sunday night football. They got flexed to Sunday night. Did you skip your? Did you skip the other 1 o'clock game? I I'm going in order of what I feel because originally this game was one o'clock or might have been four o'clock, but I'm going in order of my sheet. I will will talk about my Pittsburgh Steelers soon. Okay, I was gonna say then it's just like the elephant matchup. Anyway, no way, no, no, no. I'm saving that one. (laughs) Zach, you want? I mean, you you probably watch these teams more than we do, being a West Coaster. Uh, You want to kick this one off? Oh yeah. this is this is going to be a great game, and I was so happy they flexed this to Sunday night um, because these two teams play each other as tough as any two in the league. The Cardinals, even when they weren't good, even when they didn't have Kyler, they always played Seattle really, really tough, and Seattle always had problems winning against them, whether it be in Seattle or in Arizona. So I am really looking forward to this matchup, and I think that Arizona is able to – to, to do it. I, I mean, I like them and I, I think that uh, let's say three and a half for Seattle. I think Arizona can win and I think that they can cover the spread. I like them. I like Arizona in this one. So I, I I'm with you. Um, I, I like Arizona to win. I, I actually think, you know, I think the, I think money line is the play. The points are going Arizona, right? Seattle's giving them. Yeah. Correct. Um, so I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they cover, uh, and I actually do like them as a money line pick tomorrow. You like the Cardinals tomorrow? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm torn on this game. I'm probably going to stay away and just sit back and enjoy watching Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. If I had to make a play in this, I would probably lean Seattle minus three. I think they're the more complete team. They've been there before. Russell Wilson, I mean, playing at an MVP level. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Chris Carson, probably one of my favorite running backs to watch in the NFL. He's a hard runner. He knows what he's doing, and he's, just, he's a great piece for that offense. So I would lean Seattle here. Minus three. Uh, next game we have, we talked about San Francisco, New England. All right, so next game we have another 4 o'clock game, the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Denver to play the Broncos. 
The Chiefs are minus seven and a half. Yeah, it's not a big enough line. Um, they, they should be getting ten and a half points. Like I, I, I mean, they. I know home field advantage doesn't matter that much with without a ton of fans, um, but that's just not a big enough line. And I don't, you know, I I don't feel like I need to break it down too much. The Chiefs are a great football team, and you know when they have an opportunity to to pounce on a bad football team, they can beat them by seventeen. 24 points, whatever. Um, and so I'm, I'm with the Chiefs given seven and a half. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy to think that that's all they got, seven and a half, because they are way more talented, obviously. But I think that they will go ahead and cover. But I like the um, over-under. Was it 45 and a half? Mm. I, think it's, I think it's under. I don't know if uh, Denver can put up enough points to match that. The Chiefs can probably win this game comfortably putting up 13 and I don't, or excuse me, 30. And I don't know if Denver will be enough to go over 45 and a half. Agreed. Yeah, no, the, the line actually is down to 44, and I still probably would lead in the under. I mean, Kansas City can win this game, like you said, by 20 points. I don't think Denver scores more than what 14 here. Maybe they'll be around 10 to 13 points. I mean, Denver was probably one of my favorite teams coming into the season. I had some high expectations for them. Drew Locke obviously has been a little dinged up. Corlin Sutton's out for the year. Von Miller's out for the year. So they've had some injuries. Uh, but, yeah, I'm all over Kansas City here at this line at minus 7.5 and, and won't think twice about taking them tomorrow. Next game we have here, here we go, the 5-0 the five matchup. The Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans. The Titans are minus 1. I'm giving it to you, Alex. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm taking the Steelers. I mean, I've taken the Steelers every every game this year, and they have been very good to me. Uh, I mean, this is going to be an exciting game, and I probably will end up making this my lock of the week, taking Pittsburgh. I don't know why, but I took them uh, against the Browns as my lock of the week. We saw what they did, and I just love – I love this Pittsburgh team. I love James Conner as a rusher. I like Big Ben coming this year. I thought he was going to have a big bounce back year. He's proven me right so far. Uh, obviously, the addition of Chase Claypool on that offense has been significant. He has been a very fun player to watch, and he just brings this energy and this swagger to that team that I think is much needed. Obviously, Juju Smith has been lacking a little bit, but I think he will bounce back and have a big game tomorrow against Tennessee. And I just don't think, you know, this Tennessee team is ready for an experienced team like Pittsburgh. Obviously, Pittsburgh has one of the best defense in the league, in my opinion. So I think they're going to be too much for Tennessee tomorrow. So I love the Steelers tomorrow. Money line or plus one. Go ahead, Zach. Um, yeah, I, I got to agree with you. I, I like the Steelers here. And I think it comes down to defense these offenses are pretty similar as far as points per game uh but the Steelers defense is just noticeably better than the Titans defense they give up less points they give up less passing yards less rushing yards and uh it's not the old Blitzburg defense that you know fans are used to seeing this is a modern NFL defense that's elite um they're one of the best they got pass rushers they got uh people that can cover in the secondary and Big Ben is is back I mean I think that's safe to say Big Ben's playing really well I like the Steelers. Um, I'll take them. Yeah. And what was it? One and a half? They're, the Steelers are plus one. Plus one. Yeah. Plus I think they'll have five on the one. line. Mm-hmm. I like them. Uh, I hate, hate picking the Steelers. Um, <laughs> I just don't like the football team. Uh, last week, I was really bullish on, on Cleveland. Um, I thought that, that they had an opportunity to come in there and at least keep it competitive. Um, but here's the thing. 
that Cleveland Browns football team last week was pretty, they were pretty abysmal, right? And Baker was hurt. Um, no chub. They weren't, they weren't a great football team. <clears throat> On top of that, if you look at who Pittsburgh has beat, they beat the Giants, they beat the Broncos, they beat the Texans, they beat Philadelphia, and they beat Cleveland. Um, these are all really bad football teams. They're, they have not had a, a strong competitor like the Titans. On the other side of that, the Titans have beat Buffalo. They've beat Minnesota. They've beat Jacksonville. And last week in OT, they beat that Houston team. And so I do believe that the Titans are a better football team. Um, I think there's a couple of, of interesting things to look at. First and foremost, I'm on the Titans tomorrow, and that probably makes you feel good because I pick against the Steelers, and they seem to beat me every time. Uh, but I'm on I'm on the Titans tomorrow. I think that I think they're I think they're just a really good football team. After watching every play of that Buffalo game, um, I mean Derrick Henry's unreal, man. Like he's unreal. He I, I would love to have that guy in any backfield. He's unbelievable. Um, so. I think an opportunity tomorrow is to look for some other Pittsburgh wide receivers and get them on then Claypool and get them on the player props for touchdowns. And I think the reason is because Claypool didn't exist in anybody's defensive plan until a couple of weeks ago when he put up three TDs. Now he put up three TDs and then what again last week, right? He scored again twice. Is that right? Once last week. Once last week. And so there's going to now be a game plan for him. So maybe look at Juju, look at some of these other guys and uh and grab a couple of player props on on some of those those hidden Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers uh to score some touchdowns because Big Ben is throwing the ball well. He is playing well. Um uh, but if you've got a good defensive plan for for Juju and Claypool, um you can beat them pretty easily, I think. And I think I think Tennessee is the team that can do that. Nice. Yeah, I mean, this is probably going to be one of the most exciting games of the week, hopefully. So looking forward to uh, 1 p.m. tomorrow on this one. Uh, let's transition to a different game here with a different vibe. Uh, we have two more left. The Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to L.A. to play the Chargers. The Chargers are minus seven. Uh, all right. Well, this I mean, you want to you want to cover that? You want to start with this one, Zach? How do you feel? Do you cover the Chargers much? Yeah, I, I really like the Chargers in this one. Look, Justin Herbert for a young rookie quarterback has looked fantastic. The, the kid can play, he can sling it. Um, and the Jaguars simply, I don't think have an answer for it. I really like the, the chargers here and I think they'll cover easily. Nice. All right. I'm with you. Chargers minus seven and a half. I'm going chargers minus seven. What is seven and a half? It's minus mm-hmm. seven. Actually is the line minus seven. Okay. Uh, I will take the Chargers minus seven. I will also take them in the first half at minus five. I just think they're going to come out and dominate this game tomorrow. Uh, obviously, the Jaguars are very dinged up. Linebackers, Miles Jack, Josh Allen, Avery Jones, and safety Gerard Wilson are all questionable. I mean, they, they don't want any more guys to miss time. They're already dinged up, and I just think, you know, the Chargers are going to win this game outright. They'll probably win this game by 13 to 17 points tomorrow against the Jaguars. Last game of the week, we have – this is uh, Monday Night Football. The Chicago Bears traveling to L.A. to play the Rams. The Rams are minus six. You missed a game. Did I? You missed the Bucks Raiders. I did miss that game. For some reason, I don't have that on. All right, Bucks Raiders. What, what's the line on that one? Four and Sorry. a half. Sorry. Yeah, four and a half. Sorry. Um, this is my other lock. That's the only reason I – actually, it's at four. Um, this is my other lock of the week. So uh, Raiders don't get enough respect. The Bucks get too much respect. 
and uh, I do think the Bucks cover, um, and and I think they win. But this is going to be a shootout. Um, Brady's going to have – he's going to score points. And now you've got a receiving core. You know he likes to spread the ball around who's going to want to step up and score touchdowns so Antonio Brown doesn't come in and take their spot next week. Um, so keep an eye on whatever the Bucks total ends up being. Uh, I bet they put up 31-plus points. I like the over in this game. Uh, I think the Bucks cover, but it's going to be close. And the fact that it's four – that's why I'm leaning with them. If it was, you know, if if it was any if it was any higher, if we were in like the six and a half seven, which it probably could have been, um, I'd be I'd be bigger on on Vegas. But honestly, don't don't be surprised if Vegas wins. That yeah, that's that's pretty much what I had on this one. Vegas has played really well at times this year. Uh, I think they're surprising a lot of people. Henry Ruggs is exactly what Derek Carr needed in that offense. Uh, it looks like Gruden's comfortable. But with all that said, I just think the Bucks are rolling, and I just don't think that they're able to uh, be stopped, at least by the Raiders at this point. I like them, and I, yeah, I would take the over. Uh, it was I have fifty two. Is that is that what that was? That, yeah, I'll take the over here. I think they cover as well. Yeah, I like this pick a lot. I'm going to take the Buccaneers minus three and a half or minus four in this game. Obviously, the Buccaneers are coming off a big win. They beat Aaron Rodgers in the Packers last week. And before the bye, I mean, Las Vegas took out the Chiefs at Arrowhead, which is a big win for them. I mean, finally to knock off the Chiefs in that division, big win for them. But I'm not going to go against Tom Brady and the Bucs here. Their defense is playing at a very, very high level. And uh, their offense is getting healthier. Obviously, Chris Godwin was back. Mike Evans, you know, he's always dinged up, but he's, he's a big threat. At receiver and obviously Rob Gronkowski has been more involved in the passing attack in the last two weeks. So I think they're going to be too much for the Raiders defense to handle. So I, I like the Buccaneers minus four tomorrow. All right. That brings us to the Monday night game. The Chicago Bears traveling to LA to play the Rams. The Rams are minus six. Yeah. Um, so too big of a spread. That's my take on this game. I, I think it's a closer game than six. And so I'm going to take the team that's getting the points here, which in this case is the Chicago Bears. Um, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if the Rams win. Uh, but, I, but I do think six is, is too many points for a Monday night football game. A guy like Nick Foles knows how to play under pressure. Um, you know, Goff, he, he, you know, he's consistent. He's good. But my prop on this game, I want you to look at both sides. And I want you to take the over 0.5 interceptions for both quarterbacks because both of these quarterbacks are going to throw interceptions in this game. Um, I think it's a low-scoring game. I do not think it's a shootout by any means. I think it's probably a three-point game. I'm not going to be surprised if the Bears lose, but I do think they'll cover six points. Yeah, this game, it's got me scratching my head. Why did they make this a Monday Night Football game? Even going into this year, the Bears were kind of like, okay, I guess. Um, and you know, against the spread, they're four and two. The Rams are, are just three and three. So I, I think the Rams win, but I don't think they cover. I think the Bears, like like Dan said, it's probably a three point game at best. And uh, I I would take the under on this one. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I actually have two plays in this game. And when I was doing some research, so obviously the Rams are four and two, and I didn't realize this, but they're all four of their wins have come against all the teams in the NFC East, mm-hmm. which is the worst division in football. So obviously they beat the Cowboys, they beat the Eagles, they beat the Giants, and they beat the uh, the football team. So they have not really been tested. I think this line is too big, so I'm with you guys there. I will take Chicago at plus six, just too many points. But I do like the Rams to win the game. 
And a prop bet that I am going to take is the Los Angeles Rams team total under 25 and a half. I think that's a lot of points for them. I could see them getting between 21 and 24. I don't see them scoring four touchdowns tomorrow, uh, Monday night. I mean, the Bears defense is solid. We know they got Cleo Mack, who's just an absolute beast. Yeah. I'd like them to go under 25 and a half points on Monday night. That's a good pick. Yeah. I like that. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the schedule. Uh, we've all got action out there. There's a record of it. So um, enjoy the games, Zach. It's a pleasure to have you on here. Uh, we appreciate it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun watching that that Pats-Niners game tomorrow. That'll be a blast. There's a lot of competition because there's a lot of really exciting games on the chart. Um, but I think for both of these teams, this is a pivotal moment. This is really probably for both of these teams it's probably the most important game of the season um up until this point at least so uh that's how that's how i feel that's the game i'm going to be watching tomorrow at one o'clock um and how can we find you for the listeners out there how do we get a hold of you um where do we get you on twitter where do we where do we follow your stuff yeah well first of all thank you very much both of you guys for having me on this was a blast i look forward to coming on again if you guys would have me um you can follow me (laughs) <laughs> you can follow me at 49ers Hive, as in 49ers, H-I-V-E. You can check out our articles, 49ershive.com. You can find us on YouTube. Just search 49ers Hive. We do a show Tuesday through Friday. We also go live Saturday uh, evenings previewing the games and Sunday after the games. Um, so we're, we're, we're on all medias. We even have a podcast, Red and Gold Standard Podcast. You can catch us on that as well. Um, this was a blast, guys. Thanks again. I look forward to hopefully – having some joyful moments after the game tomorrow, Dan. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't do it this time around just because of my Patriots fandom. But next time we have you on, I'll have my 49ers have gear on, all right? Oh, I love that. Thank you. All right. Enjoy the games, guys. Enjoy the rest of College Football Saturday if you're watching it. Uh, I've got a parlay out there that pff, we're tracking. So let's see how we do. All right? Good luck tomorrow. Thank you.